Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I count it a privilege uh, to have an opportunity to come in fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. So thankful for the opportunity to be here today. Hallelujah. Thankful for my wife. It, uh, you know, you don't always know what goes on behind the scenes to make sure that the preacher's here, you know, make sure that he has time to study. She, thank you. Her sacrifices, I appreciate my dear wife. So so glad to see my Aunt Jardine come out today. I I know she come to hear the Lord, but I, 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 she, she wanted to come hear me preach, so I, I hope I do do good enough justice, due diligence to it. Hallelujah. I know I'm a little loud. You can back off these monitors just a little for me. They may need it up there, but I'm, I'm, I'm wide open up here. That's good. Hallelujah. I'm a kind of a big mouth when I preach sometimes, so I don't want to, I don't want to blast nobody out too bad. Hallelujah. How many love your word? Huh? I mean, he loves the Word of God. I, I ask him, well, you know, he's talking about the jail ministry. I ask him every week at the jail. I'll hold my Bible up because we get new guys almost constantly. I say, do you believe this is the Word of God? How many believe in the Bible and believe that uh, this is King James Bible, the cover to cover? Do you really truly believe that God's inspired Word dwells in the pages of this book in between cover to cover? Do you truly believe that? Yeah. You know, you, I, I'm yet to have anybody get up and say, I don't believe it. I've had one person that I've asked that question to and says, well, I don't believe all of it. But they wasn't coming from the jail. That was somebody else. The only person that ever had surprised me. But see, you, you have to first, a preacher can't preach you anything and, and get you a good word to come forth unless you believe in the word. Because all I've got is his word. Brother Ronnie, that's what changed my life. That's what changed my path is, is God's word. And, and I can't help you up here today if you don't believe God's word is true. I can be an inspirational speaker and try to encourage you a little bit, but until you get a hold of this word and realize this is the engrafted word of God, this is his inspired word that's going to get us out of here. That's more important than all the newscasts we've been watching and all the things that's been coming for. It's more important than all this stuff. This is God's word. And it's got to be the most important thing in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I hope my drum playing was all right. I, I don't think I played since the last time I was here. I played about a year ago. Thank you, Lord. I didn't realize how tired my leg would get. I had to stand up. Hallelujah. For those of you that don't know me, y'all will realize I'm just a hillbilly, so bear with me. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter, verse 28. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful today for your blessings today, oh God, so thankful for your word. God, we stand here today, God. We trust in your word, God. We're reading your scriptures. God, everything I have to deliver today, it's from you and from your word, God. I have nothing of my own, God. God, I ask you, Lord, to anoint these lips of clay today, God. Let me to preach your word today, God. Not for my glory, God. I, I'm nothing in your sight, God. Lord, but someone be encouraged today. Someone be strengthened today, God. Lord, someone's life changed today, oh God. Hallelujah, God, we are so careful to give you praise today, Father. Hallelujah, in your precious name, Jesus. Hallelujah, amen and amen. You can be seated. 
Hallelujah. I want to minister on this thought today. Can you hear the cry of the lost? I know I asked you to turn those monitors down, but I'm going to need just a touch back. They're almost off now. I feel like I'm all by myself. Hallelujah. That's fantastic. Hallelujah. Can you hear the cry of the lost? It said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I don't know about some of y'all, but I find myself tired a lot. Not just physically tired. But Brother Travis, there's so much stuff going on in this world, I, I just get tired. I was in Burger King, and we were picking up some food yesterday, and, and, and they had a TV on, and I'm not sure where it was, and uh, some other shooting somewhere, and, and they were talking about it could be terrorists. I don't know if anybody else seen that. I never heard enough to find out exactly what it was. But I, I, I stood there, and I said it out loud. I didn't even realize I spoke it out loud. I said, is that another terrorist attack? And some guy was standing close by. He said, I think it may be. Every day, I'm tired of seeing the things. I'm tired of the destruction. This is land of the free, and, and, and this, this is supposed to be a, a, a country a, a, ordained by God. We've been blessed by God. We, we had Him as a foundation for so long, and, and we've put God to the side. The nation has put God to the side, and we, we won't even say Christmas in the stores anymore. We've got to say Happy Holidays, and we won't let our kids uh, pray at school, and they can't bring their Bibles to school, and, and we won't put our Ten Commandments on the walls of our judicial system. They want to remove everything for the very thoughts of God and everything about God. This, this world, our society, keeps pushing Him away. And it makes my spiritual man a little tired, a little weary. It says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke, look at your neighbor and say, his, his yoke is easy. He said, in my burden... My burden, his burden is life. The key to this whole thing is his burden. The key to this verse is his burden is light. But see, we become burdened down. We, we carry burdens and we carry weights and, and, and we get the, the, the things of this world and, and the, all the nonsense that's going on. And then you add our own into it. And we walk around this place kind of heavy sometimes. I looked up Mr. Webster helped me with the word burden. It's got a couple different definitions. The first one is something that is carried by choice. It says a load, a duty or responsibility. Something that is carried by choice, a load, a duty or responsibility. The second definition of burden, it says to burden, to make someone hold or carry something heavy or accept or deal with something difficult. To put a heavy burden on someone. The bearing of a load. Usually used in the phrase beast of burden. Something oppressive or worrisome. The Lord said, said put my yoke upon you because my burden is light. But see, we are walking in a society in a time to where the burden that is on mankind, the burden that is on our minds, we're carrying on our shoulders. It's not very light any longer. Some of you that's been in church for a long time, you remember back when you first received the Holy Ghost, you first got delivered. Some of y'all may be there now, I hope. And you remember how free you felt. That, that free feeling, that, that lightness, that, that, that weight off of your shoulders. Everything seemed just brand new. 
Hallelujah. I want to give you a little illustration. I'm going to get Brother Travis to come up and give me a hand. Some of y'all are wondering what all these chairs were for. We're going we're gonna to show you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, Brother Travis. We'll just do it right down here. You see, you get that new Christian come in. You know why he feels so good, so light? What's that word? He willingly chooses to take on the Word. He willingly takes this Word of God and he begins to love it. He begins to nurture it. He, he has a desire to come into the house of God to hear it. He gets it home and he turns on the, the Christian broadcast channel because he wants to listen to somebody preach about it. He decides to change his life. He gets in his car and instead of the old music he was listening to, he wants to flip it over to a different channel. Why? Because he wants to put on the bird. He wants to carry this. And that's light. That's, that's light right there. That's not heavy. You can take even a big old couch Bible or tape, coffee table Bible, they call them, in comparison to what we carry. But see, you get that new Christian, he's hungry in that word. We got a few other burdens we're going to add to Brother Travis. He's going to be our new Christian or old Christian, however you want to, whatever you we at. But see, we'll pick up that word, and it's so fresh, and we're so on fire. And we love it so much. And oftentimes we start, especially if, you, if you're starting off in life, you've you got to have first, you know, you got to have a job. So you're not only balancing the word. Here, hold that for me. That chair's a little bit heavy. Now you've got something else to carry. Because you've got to not only balance his word, but you've got to go to work every day. Because, you know, we have, men, we have to work by the sweat of our brow. That's the word of God. We're not to be bums. We're not to be lazy. But it's a balance. And I'm looking at him, and he's got a good balance right there. He's got his word, he's got his, his profession, he, he's working. Things are looking good. Well, let's just say Brother Travis had that old beater car and the motor blew. So because he got that blessed, good job, now you got to get him a car note. Here, let's add you another way. It's going to get a little heavier before it gets better, brother. So now he got that car note because he had to have another car. I mean, he didn't have much choice. And we know that he prayed about it, Lord. If my credit and your will will get me this car. And you might not even pray, and if you got good credit, you could have probably got it anyway. Don't mean you can afford it, but that's neither here nor there. I won't meddle. I'll leave that for Brother Sammy. But you see, along with that new car you got, let's say he was a single man, he got married, he takes on a bride, and well, they got to have a place to live. Got to have a place to live. Huh? Got to have a place to live. So we're going to, here, you, you can probably, you're going to try it there. You can maybe transfer that one. There you go. You can start juggling a little bit. Now, you, now, now look at what's going on. He's juggling the word. And he keeps having all these burdens, but his arms is getting tired. It's getting heavy. You know what? The weights of this world and the, the things, now nothing that I've laid on him is sinful. He's just carrying some weights. He's carrying some things. But the Lord said, my burden is light. And his, the Lord's burden is. But see, we wonder why we're depressed all the time. We're wondering why we don't have any victory in God. We're wondering why we come into the house of God. We, we don't have any joy. And, and we're not in sin. We, we, you know what I mean? We're just living life. And, 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 but he said, my yoke is easy. And, and my burden is light. And you know what? He's a married man. He's got a, a good job. 
He's got a, a car. God done blessed him with that new car. Now, he might have should have bought a Pinto, but, you know, in anticipation of children, he probably needed that bigger car, you know, that Corvette. Or, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe it was a Hummer. I'm sorry I did this to you today, Brother Travis. I know it's getting heavy. I'll try not to delay much longer. But he got that job. He got that house. He got the word. He got the wife. Huh? And he ain't, he ain't done nothing outside of church yet. He's still, he's still carrying the load. But you see, he's going to have to have a few hobbies. Because you just, a man just, it ain't wrong for a man to have a few things. Keep adding on. And I chose Brother Travis because I know he's strong. I called him this morning to ask him to help me. But you see, he, he's still not in sin. But by the time I get done, his arms are going to be very tired. He'll forgive me. He's still not in sin. He's got that great job. He got his house note. He got his car note. But you know what just happened? Things become more cumbersome. Because with the along with that new car note, his insurance went up. So instead of things being so easy, well, oh, it just got a little more cumbersome. It's still the same. It's just, so now he's got to work a few more hours on his job. Now he's got to work a little bit more to take care of the, because his financial problems is more. So now he's still holding on to his word. He, he's still maintaining everything, but he's not running like he used to run because he's weighted down. He's not shouting and jumping around like he used to shout and jump for the Lord. He can't get out and work for God as much because he's so busy, he's so cumbered about. But because he's worked so many hours. Brother Travis, because you, you've done so much, now that new wife, oh man, She's all upset because you don't love her no more. All you think about is your job and your hobbies. All you think about is all these things. But you're like, I I'm the man of the house. I I've got to do these things. I I that's I'm not in sin. I'm not doing nothing wrong. I'm not in the club anymore. I'm not in the bar any longer. I I'm not doing these things. But he's weighted down. He has no time left. And he's barely holding on to the word of God. And here comes something else. Oh, God, she is so unhappy. I'm going to have to take this vacation I can't afford. Because I'm going to lose my wife if I don't. And he has no choice but to drop the one thing that helps him to take on another load that has overweighed him. And that's the one thing that we end up doing. The one thing that helps us, the one thing. And the next thing you know, we say, well, how in the world did brother so-and-so end up out of the house of God? Why is it we can't speak in tongues in the church? Enough? Why can't we pray through at home? Go ahead, Brother Travis. You can sit that down. I'm done. I won't burden you with that last chair. That's enough. Hallelujah. Y'all give Brother Travis a hand. Hallelujah. The one thing, the one thing that made us light, the one thing that relieved our burden, the one thing that was the most important to give us joy is the one thing. And when things get tough, we'll drop it. Y'all forgive me for throwing the Bible down. It's only for illustration. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. Thank you, Brother Travis. That's the first thing that we drop is the one thing that lightens your load. 
The first thing that we that gets so heavy to us, everything is weighing us down, and we leave it. And we go on about trying to figure out how we're going to save our marriage. We go on and try to figure out how we're going to make it, how we're going to survive, how we're going to do this, how we're going to keep this thing together. And the next thing you know, you've stopped asking him to fix things because you, you got it. Because you got it all on your own. Because you you, we, we become just like the world. We take him out of everything. But yet we still claim to be Christians. We take God out of everything. Yet we claim to be Christians. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as Christians, we can't figure out why we're so frustrated. Can't figure out why we, why we can't win souls. Why is our crown have so many empty spots where there should be jewels? Hallelujah. Because it gets kind of heavy carrying all the weights. Hallelujah. 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 It becomes a beast of burden. There was a time when those that are known as Christians knew what it was to carry a burden for the lost. There was a time with us uh, as children of God, we knew what it was to carry a burden for the lost souls that are in this world, for our loved ones, not just our children, but, but those that we meet. There was a time when we understood how important it was to, to carry the burden, to, to, to take a, to fast and to, to pray. Lord, y'all look at me and know I don't fast enough, so I'm preaching to me today. I'm preaching to myself. If my wife was to be honest and tell y'all, she'd say he is preaching to himself because I've been working like a maniac lately. Those of you that know me, I do HVAC and refrigeration work. And when the weather gets hot, I am re this has been probably my busiest summer I've ever had in my business. I know what it's like to keep juggling and keep juggling until you finally feel the Word of God slipping away. And I thank God for my mate that brings me back into reality. That doesn't let me get too far over the edge. Too busy. Too burdened down with the weights of this world. Too burdened down with my own concerns and my own things. And though I may not be sinning, as most people call it, sin. May not be getting high no longer. I, I may not be drinking no more. Not in the club any longer. Hallelujah. But I'm weighted down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It gets quiet when it gets tight. But here's the reality. Our loved ones, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor, people I meet at the jail, if we're not saved, if we have not followed the instructions of what it takes to go to heaven, it doesn't leave but one other option. You see, we live in a society where we don't have funerals and preachers stand up and say, oh, so-and-so's in hell today. I say it a lot, and you, those of you who heard me preach, you probably heard me preach before. Uh, you know, we don't live in an all dogs go to heaven reality. Somebody needs to get in their word and realize the Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself because there's so many going. But we can't hear the cry of the lost because we're so burdened down with our own stuff. 
even though we may not be in sin, we, we don't have time to worry about somebody else because we're struggling just to make it home in time so that mama's not mad at me. Sister Susie told me that mama in Sunday school this morning, mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Sometimes we find ourselves, we're trying to do, we're working, we got all these obligations and all these things, and we're carrying it so heavy for the traffic. You know, like I know, that was a lot of weight after a period, a long period of time. At first it wasn't so bad, but the longer you carry it, the heavier it feels. And suddenly your only concern is about how can I stop another weight from coming? I can't handle no more. And we get to a breaking point and we don't have the time to hear someone else's burden because we can't carry anything else. Can you hear the cry of the lost? Do we understand that hell is real and people are going to hell? The Bible said there'd be gnashing of teeth. There's going to be wailing. There's going to be us. Oh, my God. Can you hear the cry of the lost? Job 1 and 4 says, And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said... It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. So thus did Job continually. Why? Job continually offered sacrifices. Because he understood that God is not only a God of love, but a God of wrath. He loved them. He was preparing just in case. Just in case. We got people that are living, I mean, absolutely hellish lives. And we don't have time to even offer a prayer up once a day, once a week. We forget to mention them on Sunday. Well, Brother Joe, we ain't inviting you back no more. You preaching, you preaching hard at us. Abraham pleaded with God over the destruction of Sodom and his nephews. Why? He understood the judgment of God was coming. And his persistence spared Lot and his family. We have people that we're connected to that we're the only ones linking them to salvation. Lot and his family would have been destroyed if it wasn't for the faithfulness of old Unc. If Abraham hadn't have been calling out, seeking God. So I ask you, church, what has changed? Has God's judgment been canceled? Hmm, hell got a no vacancy sign up? No. We're just burdened down. We're carrying a load. Matthew 11, verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was to come. He that hath ears, hath ears to hear, let him hear. But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and you have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he hath a devil. 
The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified of her children. You know what this really is talking about? They just keep playing this game. But my way is the best way. They wouldn't accept John the Baptist because he didn't play by their rules. He didn't look the way they looked. Didn't look the way they thought that religious people should look. Although prophecy described him. He didn't tickle their ears or pay homage to them. They wouldn't accept Jesus either because he didn't follow their tradition. That men had learned to worship. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll learn to worship the traditions of church. I've known people follow the, the, the standards and worship standards much greater than, than they worship God. I've seen people worship their, their style of worship or their name on their church and they begin to worship their religion instead of worshiping the true God. And when sinners come in the door because they don't look like they should, thought they should or they don't smell like they thought they should or, or, or maybe someone comes in they, they don't quite fit the description. The Bible says it's like those children in the marketplace. They're just crying back and forth. Well, we piped under you. And we mourn. You didn't join in. We ain't got time for you. We ain't got time because you ain't got it together. We, we don't have time to wait till you get it together. Hallelujah. They wasted all their time and energy judging and falsely accusing them and labeling them. And why? You'll notice I keep coming to why. Because traditionally, this is what happened. This is what happened then. Traditionally, they had become accustomed to a certain way of worship. They had become accustomed to certain way things were supposed to look. They had become accustomed to things being a, a certain way. And when something broke that pattern, regardless of what the Scripture said, they become blind to the truth. And they couldn't choose to love people because they were so messed up by what they thought things were supposed to be, what people were supposed to do. I got news for y'all. We got people that's hungry and thirsty that's going to come through these church doors, and they're not going to look right. They're not going to smell right. You know, they may not act right. I go to the jail every week. I see people live so messed up. So messed up. I've been in there with people just coming off of heroin addictions. They're shaking. They're hurting. I've seen a man sit there and just tears running down his face. He was hurting, physically addicted, and he's going through DTs in a, in a church service. Please pray for me. I'm hurting so bad. Are we prepared for that? Are we prepared for the addict to come through the door, needing God to change their life, needing deliverance? Are we prepared? Are we so burdened down that we can't help them? Are we watching them so closely to make sure they don't pick up a flower arrangement that we can't see that they need God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I didn't come to bring a popular message today. God give me a message of truth and reality. Because He is prepared. He is preparing a church to start loving sinners greater than we've ever loved them. Jesus shows up on the scene. And what do they do? They start looking at him. They won't talk about him. That he would be eating with someone if he knew who he was eating with. 
If, if he knew who that was crying over his feet. Y'all know the stories. If he only knew. But you know what Jesus did? Here's what Jesus did. He took in the midst of all the religious world and all their ideas. And in the midst of it, he began to stand up for those that couldn't stand up for themselves. He began to show compassion to those that had not known what it was to have people give compassion to. He began to, to take and, and intervene in situations. He began to love. He found a woman. Now check this out. I'm going to go a little deeper. He found a woman at a well that most people considered a whore. Been married over and over and over, which traditionally at this time was not acceptable. She was in such shape that in the heat of the day, she went to get a draw of water so she wouldn't even see anyone else. In the desert, in the heat of the day at the well, Jesus found her all by, his, by herself because of her situation, her circumstances. And he didn't go with judgment. He went with compassion. And you know what he found? He found a woman that was thirsty. And she had a family that was thirsty. And here we are, we have a drink of what Jesus said. He said, if you knew who it was that asked you a drink, you'd ask me for a drink. I'd give you a drink that you'd never thirst again. We live in a world, I, I go to the jail every week and I find people, they're trying everything to get satisfied. They're trying everything to satisfy their soul. Their soul is hungry. Their soul is burdened. Their soul is, they're, they're just in need and they need somebody to carry the burden because they can't carry it themselves. Oh, that's good. A nice cold drink. But yet we sit here week after week in our beautiful churches. And we sit here week after week. And we come in and we expect the church to revive us. We come in and expect the songs to be sung to bring us up. And we come in week after week and we expect pastor to preach us happy again. I'm preaching to me, y'all, whether you really realize it or not. We, we expect somebody to come and fix us on Sunday because we've been carrying such a heavy load through the week. And you know, every now and then, you need that. But the Lord said, learn of me. He said, learn of me, for I am meek and I'm lowly. He said, I don't have to be caught up in all this junk. I don't have to go beyond my means. I don't have to put all these burdens on myself. I have to be concerned about the loss. You want to get free? You want, you want to find some liberty in your life? Start getting concerned about the lost. You want, to, you want to know what real freedom is? Real freedom is finding somebody that was lost as last year's Easter egg, don't know anything about God, and you begin to minister to them. We had a man at the jail just a short time ago. I, I looked, and tears began to run down his face as the word and the worship was going on, and he began to cry, and, and, and we were encouraging him to lift up their hands and pray. He began to lift up his hands, and tears just flowing down his face. And My first thought is he's worshiping the way he is. He's following the instructions. He's, he, he's doing it. He must be a backslider was my first thought. After the service was over, he, he come up and he was still, he signed up to get baptized in Jesus' name. He was so excited. He was tearing, stayed uh, tearing for the Holy Ghost. He said, I've never been to church in my life. He said, my whole life, until tonight, I thought God was a joke. He said, I wasn't coming to this service. He said, but this brother right here, which is one of the brothers we done baptized in Jesus' name, done got the Holy Ghost since he's been there. He kept telling me to come. Now, he's in jail ministering to others 
He told me right before he said I was working out, he said, this might be your last chance to ever go to church in your life. Are you going to sit there? He said, and something told me to come. He come in, he, he come in sad, didn't know what was going on, face kind of gritted up. But he found something. He said, I know God is real because I felt him tonight. For the first time in my life. Let me tell you what happened to me. His freedom. Whew. Red Bull can't give you wings like I had. Red Bull got to have a big pair of wings to haul this big boy. Let me tell you. Jesus lightened my load. We went out of there so excited. Why? Because we began to find, we learned of him. We began to minister into somebody else's life. And someone that was lost heard about God and found him for the first time. Everywhere you go, people are waiting. They're waiting. And here's what happens. Now, I don't know any of y'all if you've ever been out in the country, but where we grew up in the country, we had an old, we, or we had well water. That was the coldest, freshest, best-tasting water you ever drank. My Aunt Jordan is laughing. She remembers it. We were in the country. But Brother Travis, I could remember going and turning that hose pipe on, that old green hose pipe, and sitting out in that sun and wait just long enough for it to cool down and get me a quick taste. And it makes no difference how delicious that water is. It's tainted by the flavor of that hose pipe. You know what I mean? And I don't know about y'all, but if you've ever drank very much hose pipe water, it'll even give you heartburn. I probably drank, we, we played outside a lot. I drank a little too much hose pipe water growing up. But see, that's how we are. That, that, hose pipe, that, that hose pipe was the conduit. And no matter how great the water started off, because it went through that conduit, it was, it was tainted by the flavor of that, that pipe. And see, when we're carrying the, the world, we're like that old green hose pipe. Somebody wants a drink, but we don't want to give them a drink that's tainted by that, like that old hose pipe. We don't want to give them a, 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 give them a taste of Jesus of, of, of serving God is weighted down. We don't want to give them a, a taste of Jesus that it's a burden to serve God. We don't want to give them that old nasty flavor out of that green hose because the heat has come down and scorched us. We want them to have a good, clear drink, fresh drink. We want them to find out what, the, what serving God is really all about. And the only way we can do that is to not come in here on a Sunday and expect everybody to preach us happy. But we have to serve God during the week. God's been ministering to me, and, and, and like I say, I'm, pray, I'm preaching to myself. God is, God is preaching to me as I, I go forth. The Lord spoke to me. I was seeking God, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, no, no big tags on me, but my wife and myself, Lord, ministered to me a while back, and we need to start praying every morning, and we started with just a little quick prayer, and our prayer list started growing, and we kept, our prayer list has got so long, it's like I'm late for work constantly. I was praying another day, and I was like, Lord, I was seeking God. And God said, you know what? We've perfected how to pray. But when are we going to learn to worship in our homes? We know how to pray at home. God, we have no problem saying, God, touch my brother, touch my sister. Lord, we know so-and-so sick. We know that this one's struggling in their marriage, and we can pray for our children. God, protect them. We've got that down. But, but God just spoke to my spirit. He says, but where is the worship? Worship is not just a Sunday thing. Where, where's the worship? Where's, where's, where's the singing? Where's the praise? Where's the, where's the seeking His face without seeking His hand? God, I, I'm not needing anything. I just want to tell you I love you. 
Yeah, I mean, we don't have to make a big scene. Some of y'all have heard me testify. I remember coming home and, and when I was a kid and, and mom being in the front bedroom seeking God. And I, could, I would come up and I, I'm 12, 13 years old and I'd hear mom praying. I would hear her praying, crying out to God, speaking in tongues. Most of the time she was calling out my name because I was such a bad teenager. But, but she was seeking God and I remember time and time again that I would sit on the porch and I would listen. I'd want to go inside, but I would just sit there. I didn't want to bother mama praying. I didn't want her to hear me coming through the door. I knew she was seeking God. I had enough reverence to wait. I can't tell you. We, at one time, the church, the church body, the saints of old, they didn't have as many options as we have. They didn't have as many things to cumber about their day. And they had time to pray. And they not only prayed, but they worshiped God until the Holy Ghost fell. And they would get in. And then you would begin to see heaven fall. Then you begin to see your lands healed. Then you begin to see your lives change. Then you begin to see things take place. Why? Because we begin to carve out of our day. We begin to set a few things on the side. We begin to put them over to the side. We begin to seek His face and not His hand. We begin to seek God what can I do God God how can you use me Lord God touch me God Lord use me Lord fill me God Lord let the oil run out God let it overflow out of my life God Lord and more than just me God let me touch a life God I need to hear the cry of the lost God I need to hear the cry of the lost hallelujah hallelujah there is not a no vacancy sign on hell there is not a Everything's okay. Do what you want to. Sign up now. Though they have many versions of our Bible, the Bible no longer gives us permission to be lazy Christians when it comes to spiritual things. We have to be willing to carry a burden for the lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all are fortunate. I'm skipping tons of notes here. Hallelujah. I've already went longer than I intended. But i got to obey the Lord just a little longer. Hallelujah. Someone has to lay down the beast of burdens that life has placed on them so they can pick up a God-given burden for the victims of sin. This requires us to reach outside of our comfort zone. Now, I've been a little plain. Is that all right if I just go and get plainer? Is that okay with y'all? If Brother Sammy was here, he would say, go ahead, brother. He gave me full permission to preach, and I appreciate Pastor Sammy. I said, brother, I appreciate you wanting me to come preach when you're not even here. He said, I, he knows he trusts me. And I'm not going to preach nothing that's not in this word. Because I love God's word. Somebody must be first willing to carry a burden for the loss. Somebody's got to hear the cry. This requires us to go outside of our comfort zone and pull people into your life. Carrying a burden willingly. Remember our definition, there's two kinds of burden. One that's that's piled on you and one that you willingly carry until they're strong enough to walk on their own. So let me just put this in real perspective. This means if you're a lifetime saint of God and you've never been outside in the world and maybe you've never been like me, a hoodlum, and been a drug headache, you know, ain't everybody got my testimony. Ain't everybody been a dope head. Ain't everybody been an alcoholic. Ain't everybody been a whoremonger. Anybody share my testimony? 
Yeah, I could preach about grace because I found myself on the outside of grace in desperate need of it. I never understood grace for so many years. I thought grace was a ticket. I thought it was when I said I do and I believe everything was fine. But until I found myself in such deep sin like the prodigal son out there, I'd wasted my living. I, I'd found myself on the bottom. And until I got to the, the depths of sin that I was tired of being tired, I needed grace. I needed someone. I had to have a place called home. I had to have a church willing to love me. Hallelujah. This church body, when I come back to the Lord backslid, put up with me coming in once a, every week or two weeks or however when I come in, high as a kite on the back row when I first started coming back to God. Put up with the smell of uh, uh, weed and all the stuff on my clothes and because I'd smoking on the way to church. So ignorant, not realizing it was on me. So I can't believe this preacher's up here telling this. It's the truth. Brother Joseph Hale was one of my friends in the beginning. He goes to the jail with me every week now. He can testify about the times that he see me slip in and right with his sister sitting in the very back row closest to the back door. And as soon as service was over, I didn't fellowship with nobody. I just left. See, God had a calling. I was coming. I didn't smell right. A lot of times it didn't look right. Come in, have, had a little more hair than I got now. Poked straight up, earrings hanging out in my ear. I was a little slimmer, not much. But I had the stench of sin all over me. And I was a backslider. I needed a place to call home. I needed somebody to have compassion and love me, though I seemed to be unlovable. I needed someone to have compassion, administer and love me. I thank God for my family and their prayers. But see, we'll do that for our family, but what about those that don't have family? What about those that don't have a brother and a sister and a mom and a dad and an uncle and an aunt that's loving them and praying for them and seeking God? What about those that are just plain old lost sinners like the woman at the well that had burnt every bridge and everyone, her, her name was scarred and marred and, and she was out there all by herself trying to get something. Uh, she was thirsty, trying to get a drink one more time. What about the lost that are out here that we day by day we look at them and we, we, we judge people because of what they have on or what they're doing and their actions and we don't realize that, you know what, that may be the very next one standing in the pulpit preaching to me. Six years ago I was a drug dealer. Six years ago I was an alcoholic. Six years ago this September, God delivered me. We've got to have a cry. Hear the cry of the lost because God's calling. We've got to be able to take that burden on. So here, let's get real. I'm going to hurry. Hallelujah. Just because we've been a saint of God for a long time and you don't know anything about sin and the world and living like the world doesn't give you an excuse or a pass to not call fellowship and invite that new brother and sister out with you just because they don't look the same. Someone comes into the house of God, and I, I, I don't know why God's given me this message for today. I feel like God's given me a message for preparation because of goodness is coming. Souls is coming. People, sinners are needing deliverance. They're coming. You can't, you can't expect the world to continue to get as bad as it's getting without somebody start looking for the house of God again. 
People are going to start looking because when the answer is not found in this world, they're going to start seeking God again. And if just because they got tattoos and piercings and they smell the smoke on their clothes and the smell of Saturday night still on their breath, they need you to carry them as a spiritual burden to intercede on their behalf before the Lord. Can I go a little deeper? Can I just get real, real plain? Y'all know, me and my wife, we're an interracial couple. What? Y'all didn't know that, huh? My wife said, what? Let me just be real. God's not looking for a white church or a black church. God's looking for his church. Huh? Come on, you can, you can clap for that. I'll take time for that. But let me just be careful to make sure I give warning because I know God's told me to give this warning. See, not everybody's accustomed to people outside of their race. You know what I mean? So if you're a white person and, and a, a, a brother, a black brother or a sister comes in, don't exclude them because you're not comfortable with, 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 with their... You don't know anything about them, or vice versa. Don't expect uh, our, our sister in the back because uh, she's a, a, a black lady to take it. Well, we're going to give all the black people come in, and she can carry the burden for them. You know what I mean? We we, we got to be careful as a church. We're, we don't take it. If you got Hispanic people, well, we're going to. I mean, other than language, don't get me wrong. If it's another, but you can't expect just because you're not comfortable with somebody, whether they're black or whether they're white or whether they're a sinner, an alcoholic, a, a dope head, a, a whatever it is, somebody with tattoos all over them or piercings all over them. Well, we I'm not comfortable with sin is sin, people. And let me tell you something. One of the greatest sins that ever was that ever manifested itself in a church is hypocrisy. And we can be the biggest hypocrite in the world and think that our sin is so little and their sin is so great or whatever it is. Or we can let the devil get into our uh, minds and put divisions from the color. I'm going to tell you something. Anything he can do to divide a church. Anything he can do to But see, we can't be divided. God is looking for a unified church. I'm bringing a message. I'm bringing a message today of one thing. Get ready. Because the lost are already crying out and they're coming. And they're coming every color, every race, every denomination. Pentecostal churches, don't be, don't be surprised when people from uh, Baptists and Catholics and Presbyterians, don't be surprised when they come in. Just because they're not comfortable with our way of worship, don't, don't be surprised. Don't judge them. Love them. Encourage them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we hear the cry of the lost? We've come so far as a church. We've grown so far. We've, we have manifested. We have perfected praise. We have perfected the art of coming in and singing our two songs and, and the pastor preaching and doing our Sunday school. And, and we've perfected the art of church. But if we're not careful, we will lose the actual uh, manifestation of God in the church where we win sinners, where we love people as they are, who they are, for who they are, and who God wants to make them. Hallelujah. We must willingly carry the burden for the lost. We've got to love everybody. Hallelujah. 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 We can't be deceived in the midst of the church. 
We can't let the devil trick us into judging people for any reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm skipping notes. I'm, I know I'm long today. Hallelujah. Jesus is not interested in how many saved people we can persuade to come to church. He's looking for some lost folks. Luke 5 and 31, it says, Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Reality is, is as much as we believe heaven is real, hell is also is real. And nobody on your watch should go. Nobody on my watch should go. Hallelujah. Isaiah 5 and 14, it says, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Souls are crying out for help. Begging for someone to, to care. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I know we oftentimes we have we have altar service and everybody just floods the church and some stand around the edges and they don't pray, they don't seek God. So we're gonna have just a, a moment of an altar service here. And I, I'm going to ask you not to come flood the church today. Not to come down here and say a simple prayer. But if you really have your mind in it, God, I want to change. God, I need some help. God, I, I need to take a few of these burdens off of me, Lord. God, I, I want to see lives change. I want to see. I want you to use me, God. I need you. I don't want you to come down here out of tradition is what I'm trying to say. If you come down to this altar today, I want you to come to pray. We don't, I'll be honest, we don't have to have any music. We don't have to have a drum, piano. We don't have to have anything. We got one thing we need, the altar of God. And if you're in need today, this altar is open. Come on, stand with me. Hallelujah. This altar is open. We are so bound by traditions that things have to be a certain way so many times that we miss a move of God. We miss things, what God wants to do. And church, I, 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 I wish that God would have said, here, I want you to preach this jump and shout message. You know, the reality is, is as preachers, we all know those key scriptures that we can make you shout. You know, I could, I could get on the blood and all his perfecting power. I could read Acts 2.38 with with good uh, force behind it, and we could have all been shouting. But the Lord's ministered something to me. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. But before I come, there's fixing to be a flood of the lost.
And we have to be ready to help them. He's coming soon. I mean, Lord, look, look around. We know. We know. We know the Lord's soon coming. Probably sooner than we even realize. But there are souls in desperate need. There are souls, church, in desperate need. And are we ready? Hallelujah. I'm going to begin to pray, and I'm going to ask if you want to come to the altars and pray. Say, Brother Joe, this is so different. I know it is. I don't know why the Lord told me to do this. I wrote it down. When I was seeking God's face, the Lord said, don't bring anybody to the music. The Lord said, I just want people to really pray. And I don't want them to come pray. I don't want them to come pretend. I want them to really pray. I don't want anybody coming down just, just doing traditional things. I want people to really pray. So this altar is open. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful today, God, for your word, Father. Lord, I'm so thankful, God, that you have had mercy upon my soul, God. Lord, that you've seen me in the shape that I was in, God. Lord, you've looked around. I look around this room, and I know there's many in this room, God, that's been in the position that I've been in. There's many in this room, God, that, that uh, by, by man's standard didn't deserve your grace. By man's standard didn't deserve your mercy, God. Lord, but such was some of us. We were adulterers, Lord. We were fornicators, God. Lord, we, were, we were, had all these different things, and some of us may have been great all of our life. Lord, but we have fell short in so many ways. God, I pray today, Lord Jesus, Lord, let us hear the cry, Lord. God, make me ready today, Father. Lord, God, help me, God, to set every weight, every, every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us. Lord, let us just set them aside. God, that we could hear the cry of your children. Lord, that we could see the influx of people come in. God, that we could be saved, God, Lord, that we could be instruments. God, that we bring a good, clear taste of your gospel to your people. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We're going to pray. If you, want to, if you have a, a, a burden, if you feel the Lord moving on you, it's your time to pray. Hallelujah. If not, just bear with us a few minutes. We're going to seek the Lord. If you need to go, you're welcome to go. Hallelujah, because we love you. But I'm going to tell you something. God's calling for people to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you don't know the Lord, let me tell you this too. Or maybe you're a little far from the Lord. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. Because let me tell you, time is wrapping up. Time is wrapping up. Hallelujah. God loves you. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.